are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Okay, today we're going to be talking about family is love. Family is love. And I just want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to read the first eight verses of that chapter. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and, and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give my positions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Father, just bless your word today, we pray. Make it real to our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I read a story about a, an actor in a, in a passion play. And uh, he was playing the part of Jesus. And he was carrying the cross along the way. And, and there was a heckler in the crowd. And he was just, he was doing his own part, I guess. He wasn't a part of the, uh, the program, but... Uh, he was saying all kinds of things to this, this Jesus character. And so it really got on the, on the man's nerves. And finally, he just laid down the cross and ran into the, uh, into the crowd, caught this guy by the collar and just punched him out, gave him a couple of punches and flattened him out on the ground. Went back and picked up his cross and finished the play. Well, of course, when the... When the uh, play was over, the director called him in and said, Sir, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go. You are playing a very important part, the part of Jesus. And uh, Jesus portrayed such love that he was dying for these people. And here you didn't portray love at all. You went and you, you hit the guy. And he said, So we're going to have to let you go. And the guy became apologetic and he said, You know, he said, I'm sorry. He said, I won't, it won't happen again. He said, and besides, he said, I really need this job. He said, it was a, it was a little part-time job. And he said, I, I really need the money. And so the, the director had a bit of compassion on him. And he said, okay, I'll give you one more chance. But I'm warning you, if it ever happens again, you're out of a job. So he said, okay, it won't happen again. So the next day, he was taking his cross along, doing the part again. And 
Sure enough, this old heckler was there, and he was being worse and meaner than ever and saying all kinds of things. And finally, the man stopped, and he motioned to the guy. He said, come here, come here. And the guy walks up close to him, and he says, I'll see you after the resurrection. <laughs> there are some questions a group of four to eight-year-olds were asked. What does love mean? Billy, age four, said, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. Carol, age five, said, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. <laughs> Danny, age seven, said, love is when my mommy takes, makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure it tastes okay. Noel, age seven, said, love is when you tell a guy You like his shirt, and then he wears it every day. (laughs) Marianne, age four, said, love is when your puppy licks your face even after you've left them home all day. In a biblical sense, the term love has a precise and a profound meaning. You remember some time ago, I told you about uh, three... um, Greek words used in the New Testament, uh, storage, which is family love, uh, phila, which is friendship, and agape, which is the God kind of love. And then, of course, there's another Greek word, eros, which pertains to the erotic type of love, and it's not used by the New Testament writers. Here, Paul does not instruct us about the importance of, the, uh, of distinguishing between the Greek words for love. He begins in verse 1 to 3 by showing us that spiritual gifts have only minimal value unless they are exercised in love. In verse 4 to 7, he describes love in a way which, make, which makes it clear what biblical love looks like. Verse Four to seven contrast between the true love with the conduct uh, with the conduct of the Corinthian Christians. You'll know you'll know if you've read that chapter or the chapters before the problems that the Corinthian church were having, even with uh, with communion, uh, they were uh, they were doing all kinds of things which weren't very lovely. In, uh, in verses 8 to 13, it contrasts the love of the, of the spiritual gifts, showing that while all the spiritual gifts are temporary, Christian love is eternal and outlasting even faith and hope. And if we measure its value by how long it lasts, then love comes out on top. Relationships are top priority with God. Christian love has God for its primary example. And he expresses itself in obedience to his commands. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, 
to love one another as I have loved you. And he said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. They won't know if we're disciples by the, the things that we do. But they will know by our love. And so, it is very important that we have this agape love. And the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we accept love into our lives. And we have that, that ability by the, by the Holy Spirit to be able to express that love to everyone we come in contact with, with our friends, our family, in our workplace, in our church. The kingdom of God is based on agape relationships. And almost every problem on the planet arises out of bad relationships. And we have the ability to have real good relationships because God's love is a part of our life. Jesus came to die and to restore a relationship between God and people. When our relationship with God is restored, then our relationship with people can be restored. The entire Bible, both Old and New Testament, involves covenants and commitments and friendships and relationships. Agape love makes for good relationships in marriage and family and friendship and fellowship in the church and in the workplace. Agape love is unconditional. Agape love doesn't say, if you'll do this and this, then I'll love you. Agape love says, I will love you regardless. Remember again, Jesus is the example. The Bible says he loved us even while we were still sinners. He died for us. Amen? Unconditional love is necessary in the body of Christ. It is vital that we as Christians learn to love people unconditionally. God's word sets the pattern. And so Paul writes in Corinthians, love is patient. Patience with people, not necessarily patience with circumstances. We all become impatient in, in different circumstances, but we need to be patient with people. In order to to love people, we need to realize that each one of us are built differently. We have different characteristics. Different things make us click and turns us on and turns us off and all of these things. And there's one thing we have to remember is that we can never change another person. Only God can change us. And it's amazing what God can do. <clears throat> there are some of us in this room, even right now, you wouldn't want to be around us before we became born-again Christians. We were so different. But the love of God, the love of God in our lives, accepting Christ into our lives, made us different people. 
And some of us, it almost overnight, that change took place. Some of us had filthy mouths. And God cleaned that up, cleaned up our conversation. We took God's name in vain and said a few more bad words. And God helped us to get that under control. And God wants us to be patient with one another, realizing that for some, things can happen quite quickly. And for others, it's a process that takes weeks, months, and even years before we are refined into what God wants us to be. And of course, you've seen the, 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 the poster that says, <clears throat> God's not finished with me yet. Be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. And I, I feel that after just about now 70 years in this world, God's got a whole lot of work to do still with me. So I'm imagining I'll be living about 120 or so before God is finished with me. Amen? So you'll be tired of looking at my face yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Agape love is unconditional love, not based on attraction or feeling. You know, we, I was attracted to this beautiful woman sitting there in the front, Effie. Um, as a young man, and, and uh, you know, it's amazing. We lived on the same island, and the island wasn't that big. It was only three miles long and two miles wide. And, uh, but uh, I was 21 years old before I noticed Effie. Amen? And, uh, and then I didn't go out with her for a while because I figured she was too young. In fact, I knew she was too young. But uh, <clears throat> thank God I lived in Newfoundland. And uh, in Newfoundland, we do th things some differently sometimes. So anyway, <clears throat> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a little secret. I had to get her father's permission, not, not only to ask him, but I had to get written permission from him and give it to the minister before, I could, before he would marry us. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that to people today. But uh, God, uh, in his mercy and grace, and we had a praying church and praying parents, and, uh, and they prayed for their children. And, and uh, what we are today is a product of the prayers of the people. And, uh, but I, I was attracted to Effie. <clears throat> and, uh, but that is not what kept us together for 40, just about 48 years now, coming up in the new year, it'll be 48 years. And uh, what, what kept us together was agape love. I loved her, and I, and, I, and I was attracted to her, but I could never love her as a, as a, as a, a heathen, I'll say. I was, I was bad. But I could never love her in my, in my non-Christian state the way that I loved her after we came to the Lord. In our first year of marriage, we fought like two animals. 
But when Christ came into our lives, our lives changed. And I could probably count on one hand the fights that we had since we've been born again. And uh, it's so beautiful to go to bed for 40, I would say 46, 45 years at least, and really not be mad at at each other. Now, I know that when I tell people about our marriage, people think i got to be lying. But no credit to me. I married an angel. (laughs) But uh, praise the Lord. Um, It's vital that we as Christians learn to love people unconditionally. God's word sets the pattern. And so God himself in his relationship with us, is the perfect example. It describes, it describes uh, what can happen in a life when God comes in. Such patience is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of strength. Love is kind. Even when you want to retaliate physically, or tear down another person with your words. Love is kind. And so you think, how is this going to touch another person? How is it going to make them feel? And uh, I remember, like, in our first year of marriage, we we would say things that, you know, like one person would say something, the other person would say something even more harsher. You know, you're tr- and uh, sometimes you didn't really mean it, but on, at, the, in the, at the moment, the heat of the moment, you probably say things that you don't want to say. But when you, when you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to hurt their feelings. So you think about what, what comes to your mind before you, before you speak it out. So love is sympathetic, it's considerate, it's gentle. It's agreeable. Love does not envy, especially when you are aware that others are being noticed more than you. And sometimes uh, it's hard on the flesh. If you feel you need that promotion and someone who you, you feel is just probably they got the promotion because of who they know more than what they know. And... Uh, but love does not envy. Love does not participate in robbery. It is not hostile uh, towards one believed to enjoy an advantage. It's not suspicious. Love works for the welfare and the good of others. It's unselfish. And so, for years now, Effie and I have practiced the thing that If I want to do something or if I'm going to do something, I will consider what does Effie think about this. I will share it with her. And if she do not agree with it, we may not give it up right away, but we'll discuss it. We'll wait for another day and we'll discuss it. One good thing, one illustration comes to me is when uh, when we got Buddy, 
Buddy is my dog, and most people know that. But uh, I wanted this dog, and he was just—he was the runt of the litter, just a little thing, and he was just shaking there. And I just—I just wanted this dog. And if he said, "No way, we're not having a dog," we had a a toy poodle for years, and and she was, you know, used to be very upset at that one and yapping all the time and that. But anyway, she said, "No, no way, not having it." And uh, so, but I, every, every day I would mention that, you know, well, I sure would like to have that dog. And so finally one day, you know, uh, she had a dream. And she dreamed that the Lord told her, let Hayward have the dog. <laughs> so in the morning she says, she says, okay, Hayward, you can have the dog. And, and I got Buddy. That's nine years ago. But, you know, if she had said, no, you're, you can't have the dog, I would have still wanted the dog, but I would not have got the dog. I wouldn't have said, I don't care what you think, I'm going to have the dog anyway, you know? And, and so that's, that's where love comes in. It makes for strong marriages. And uh, when you consider others and, uh, in that way, love does not boast. Even when you want to tell the world about your accomplishments, uh, love does not flaunt itself boastfully and does not engage in self-glorification. Instead, love lifts and builds each other up, encourages one another. And uh, there is, there's something about uh, having a comment, a good comment that encourages you. And there's nowhere where those good comments uh, come in so so uh, well than in a marriage when you sh- when you when you comment on on something that your husband has done well uh something that you appreciate about him something you appreciate about your wife you know sometimes we can we men we can take we come in hungry we can take everything for granted she cooks so many good meals that one more you know you just you just wolf it down and and uh, run for the TV and turn on the, the hockey game or something and even forget to even mention how good that meal was. And, uh, but it is so good to be able to just say, honey, that was a great meal. Or thank you for, for reminding me of this or that or something else. And uh, it, it makes for, for healthy marriages when you do that. Love is best seen as devotion. Love is not proud. When uh, uh, the really great man never thinks of his own importance, even when you think you are right and others are wrong. Love does not assert itself or become overbearing in dealing with others. Love is best seen as a devotion, an action, not an emotion. Love is not exclusively based on how we feel. Although there's plenty of feeling in love, and if you've got a love where there's no feeling, I think there's something wrong. There is an emotion in love. But, but uh, our emotions are involved, but they cannot be our only criteria in love. As we've said before, um, all of the other aspects of love, the love for family, the love for friends, uh, the love for, uh, for your, your wife, all of these things are enhanced by agape love. 
In First John chapter three eighteen says, "Dear children, let us not love in wor- with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth." God's love for us. Let's look at that. It's shown in sacrifice. Romans five eight. God commended his love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It shows us in the scope of it. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves us all, whether we're good or bad. You know something? God loved me just as much when I was an out-and-out sinner doing everything wrong and nothing right and caring nothing whether... God liked it or disliked it. God loved me just as much then as he loves me right now. That's the love of God. And then there's the bond that is there. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor future nor powers nor height nor Death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, when you fall flat on your face, when you mess up terribly, when you do the unthinkable, when you sin grievously, God still loves you. There is nothing that can turn God against you. And he's waiting with open arms. And all he asks of you and I is that we say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And I know, you know, sometimes we can take this too far. Where we say, well, I can do anything and God will forgive me. So uh, on the basis of that, I'm going to go out tonight. I'm going to get drunk as a skunk. And I'm just going to have a whale of a time. And I'll just come back tomorrow and I'll ask God to forgive me. We should never presume upon the grace of God and the love of God like that. Uh, God is a just God and God is a loving God. But the wages of sin is death. And some people have paid dearly for treating God that way. Our love for God initiated by God. The great command in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. How do we love God? John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, there's the the answer there. That's why I didn't go out to the bar and get drunk last night. I love him, so I'm going to keep his commandments. Amen? Why do we love God? We love him, the Bible says in 1 John 9, 14, because he first loved us. And if you want somebody to love you, then show them love. Because how can you Reject. Once you come in contact with the love, many people don't know that God loves them. Many people have been so influenced by religion that they even feel there are people, you know there are people in this community 
who don't know that they are free to come into this building and worship with us. There are people who think that we look down at them or think that they are not, are they're too bad to come into our church. <clears throat> they're influenced by religion. But once a person comes to know the love of God and how much he loves us and how that we're all on the same level, whether we're a Billy Graham or an Oral Roberts or a Benny Hinn, or a Nelson Mandela. We all are on the same level with God. He loves us. We're all his children. And he cares the same for us. We're his creation. And those who are born again are bought with his precious blood and adopted into his family. And he loves us. He loved us first. And so as we're introduced to that love, we fall in love with him. Our love for one another is modeled by God as well. Greatest love, the greater love has no man than this, John 15, 13 says, than to lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus laid down his life for us. In John chapter 13, verse 34, the new commandment, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. He said, you love one another. God's love is our example. 1 John 4, 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So as I conclude today, love is the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, God is love. Amen? The Corinthians considered themselves spiritual because they possessed seemingly important spiritual gifts. They could talk in tongues a mile a minute. They could interpret. They could prophesy. Paul had to set them straight. It's good to be spiritual people. But if you don't have love, you're a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You're just making a noise. And sometimes we're good at loving people and showing love or putting on a show of love when we come to church. On Sunday, we're at our best behavior. But we need to remember that our God, our Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, sees us every moment of the day. And he knows when we're not being so lovely. He knows when we're not representing him well. We need to show the same love and respect to our family that we show to the family of God on a Sunday morning. Paul shows that the measure of a man or a woman of God is not determined by the gifts they possess. 
but by the love they practice in the exercise of those gifts. Love is the higher way. As he says in, in, sec, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, love is the more excellent way. The Christian life is summed up in Paul's statement, faith working through love. Galatians 5, verse 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It is greater than faith and hope in the consummation of the kingdom of God Love abides forever, for God is love. Stand with me, will you please? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again that our whole Christian experience is based upon your love. The fact that you loved us so much that you died on the cross for us. And somehow, some way, somewhere, that message came through to us. We heard that message. We believed. And we received forgiveness from sin and the promise of eternal life. And today, Lord, we ask that you would help us to represent you well. Let your love fill our hearts and let it overflow to the people that we come in contact with. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, strengthen us and enable us to be the men and women of God that you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you for coming today. Effie and I will be away. We won't be back until the 10th of December. But... uh, Believe it or not, when we're basking in the sun, we'll be thinking about you. (laughs) If you have need of prayer today, come and we'll be glad to pray with you. Amen. Lord bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.